Would you stand in reverence as we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning from Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 20. Wisdom cries out in the street, in the squares she raises her voice, at the busiest corner she cries out, at the entrance of the city gates she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, have stretched out my hand and no one heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you, when panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. For waywardness kills the simple and complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. Faithful and true are the words of God. There was a conference back in the 1980s that got a lot of publicity. The theme of the conference was Sophia. This word in Hebrew that we translate as wisdom was the topic of the conference, but because it was a feminine term and people were talking about the feminine aspects of God, people got a bit in a tizzy. But you might have noticed that it's right out of the Bible. You might have noticed that in this section of Proverbs, it uses feminine pronouns. Did you notice in the first couple of verses Wisdom cries out in the street, in the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. It's in the Bible, but since most leaders in the church have been men over the ages, passages like this have been ignored and overlooked for the most part. But in that conference, there were some women clergy and women biblical scholars, our United Methodist women all gathering to look at what might we learn about God if we gave some attention to these passages that have been overlooked. Now, some others criticized them and said, this is out of bounds. Well, it's out of the ordinary, but it's not out of bounds to study the scripture as Christians, to look more deeply at passages that maybe have been skimmed over or overlooked. It's not out of bounds to want to encounter the fullness of the biblical witness that we have before us. Now, some are threatened by new learning, whether it comes from ancient sources or modern sources. But we need not be afraid of learning. 
We need not be afraid of thinking, even if something seems new to us. We believe in learning and growing. As United Methodists, we believe in education. It's deeply rooted into whom we are as a denomination. I've told you before about John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. He was not only an ordained priest in the Church of England, but he was an Oxford scholar and professor. He wrote widely. He taught and spoke widely. He was clear that he wanted the Methodists, now they were still part of the Church of England, but those who had a fervor, usually from the lower classes in a stratified society of England of the 1700s, he wanted them to be people of learning, even though they probably had not had the benefit of a formal education. So he took what he knew and he would write it and publish it in small little pamphlets and make it available to the people. He spent his life traveling around England speaking and teaching and advising people. He wanted the Methodist to become educated. He wanted the Methodist to use their minds in terms of their faith. When the leaders of this congregation got together a few years ago and tried to articulate our core values, we came up with seven. We've distributed those widely. If you don't have them, there's copies of those on the counters outside and in the racks around the building. But two of the ones they articulated address our topic here today. They're about learning and growth and who we are as a people of faith. And how our faith encourages us in this arena. The first one, I've put it in your outline, says the Boston Avenue Church sees spiritual growth as a lifelong journey. As a lifelong journey. We're saying there's never a time that we have learned everything about God there is to know. You're saying there's never a time that there's not something new to learn. We're saying we never graduate from our need to grow as people of faith, as Christians. As Reverend Campbell said in her prayer, God is at work in our midst helping us grow. There's never a time that God is not at work within us and around us to help us grow spiritually. The other one says the Boston Avenue Church embraces a reasoned approach to faith and scripture this also is built into the theological method of methodism when scholars look at how wesley wrote the things he said his commentary on the scriptures they find that he often used one of four sources that he would start with scripture always it was the primary thing but after scripture then he would look at christian tradition and bring in what other christians had said before his time then he would also talk about his own personal experience and his experience with god or the holy spirit speaking to him and working in his life and then the fourth component was reason that wesley being a professor of logic would reason would write down his sermons almost as arguments, as logical progressions that if this is true, then this and this and this and help people understand and go deeper into our faith. God blesses us with these marvelous big brains that are able to do so much. 
And as Methodists, we want you to use them. We want you to keep them active and bring them to bear about your faith. We want you to think about your faith. We encourage you to ask questions, to study, to read, and to learn. In fact, our United Methodist Book of Discipline, which is our guidebook, it contains our doctrines, it contains comments about our theological tasks. just want to read you one sentence it has about this. It says, by our quest for reasoned understandings of Christian faith, we seek to grasp, express, and live out the gospel in a way that will commend itself to thoughtful persons who are seeking to know and follow God's ways. Years ago, I preached a sermon where I quoted quite a bit of John Wesley and talked about his life and some of the things he said. After the sermon, one of our people talked to me in the hallways. She confronted me in a way by saying, why are you telling me all this stuff about John Wesley? I didn't grow up a Methodist. I don't care about this guy. I don't need to know what he said for me to know what I believe and how I'm going to live. Now, I was a little shocked. We're standing in the hallways of a United Methodist Church. Out here above the north doors in our terracotta figures, we've memorialized John Wesley and Charles Wesley and their mother, Susanna Wesley. They're that important in the life of our faith and the movement that became the Methodist movement, eventually the Methodist Church, and now the United Methodist Church. But she wasn't interested in learning. She decided she knew enough. She didn't really care to learn anything about Methodism or the roots of Methodism or what John Wesley might have said that would be spiritual counsel fruitful to her. But in this passage, wisdom is crying out for us to learn. It says wisdom or God is crying out. In verse 22, it asks this question, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? How long? Do you use the resources of your faith? Are you willing to study? to discuss, to disagree, to go deeper, to listen to what others have said, to open yourselves anew to what God might be saying to you about your own life and your own faith and where there's room to grow? Are you willing to invest in your faith in that way? As Proverbs often does, it reminds me of the parables Jesus tells. I shared some last week the one this week i was thinking of as i read this is the parable of the sower you remember that story west uh, jesus says that a man goes out to spread seed he sows the seed and some falls on a footpath and before it can root birds come and eat it up other fall on rocky ground 
It roots and springs up quickly, but because of the ground, it doesn't have deep roots, and when the sun comes out, it just shrivels and dies. Then some of the seed, Jesus says, falls among the weeds, and the weeds grow up so fast and so thick that it chokes out those seeds before they can mature. But then Jesus says, some of the seed fell on fertile ground and it rooted and it began to grow and it produced fruit some a hundredfold some 60 some 30 and so on people respond in different ways people respond to wisdom to good news to correction to instruction in different ways the parable suggests that some of us we just get eaten up by other things before we root or grow at all. Some of us get choked out by other interests or other people. But some of us fall on fertile ground and grow up and mature in faith and blossom and bloom and produce fruit that blesses others, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. We're not all the same but we all have an opportunity to grow in faith and to be a blessing to others. Wisdom advises us to listen. In verse 23, it says, Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Throughout Proverbs, there's this personification of wisdom suggesting that we can have a relationship with the divine, that we can hear God's own thoughts, that we can understand things of God that apply to our lives. But it also suggests that we have a choice. We have free will. We can decide to invest, to give heed, to pay attention. We can decide to do it or not. These third graders got a Bible today. They have a choice now to make whether they're going to read their Bibles or not. They could take them home and put them on the shelf and leave it there from now on and it will collect dust. I've been in households and seen third grade Bibles like that. But they have another choice, as they've been doing. They can open them up. They can read the stories of Jesus. They can read about the parables. They can read about wisdom. They can get to know God better through reading the scriptures. As they're growing in their ability to read, we give them opportunity to grow in their ability to be people of faith. But they have choices to make. We all know that from our own experience. Sometimes we've made great choices and grown in faith, and other times we've made other choices and gone different ways away from faith. We're going to dedicate our faith formation leaders here in a few moments. We'll invite them to come down front. But we're so thankful for them. They're the ones who are growing. They're the fertile soil they're praying they're studying they're preparing so they might share wisdom from this great book with others where they might help others grow in faith they're ones who are giving heed 
or paying attention or focusing more than some others. We have people across this congregation who do it for all ages. Some focus on helping the children learn. Some are working with our youth and our teenagers, some with the young adults, some middle adults, some older adults. But people across the congregation are committing themselves to share the wisdom of faith with others. Some of that happens here on Sunday morning, some on Sunday evening, some on weeknights, some on weekdays, some here in the building, some across the city. It happens in lots of different ways. But I'm so thankful for those leaders who are giving heed, who are listening, who are paying attention, and then sharing it with others. Scriptures say if you pay attention, if you give heed, that God will respond. Wisdom, divine insights, God's very thoughts will be made known to those who give heed. If we took the time, we would have testimony after testimony because I know so many of you have experienced that in your own life where you focused in on faith and you reap the rewards, you experienced the presence of God, or you had a breakthrough in your understanding of your spiritual life. So many of us could talk of how that happens. We have a disciple Bible study class that started just a week or so ago. Janelle Bramer and her husband Doug are leading that. They've taught it before. It's a nine-month series of weekly classes with homework where you have to read from the scriptures every day of the week or at least that's the assignment and then come to class once a week to discuss that together to learn and grow i've taught that series several times i've never taught it where within the first 30 days i had somebody in the class come up and say to me i didn't know that was in the bible i've never read that before These aren't brand new Christians that walked in last week. These are people that have been in the church their whole lives and somehow never found the time, were never offered the opportunity to go a little deeper and to actually read through these 66 books that make up our Bible and really know what is there and what it says and how it might inform who they are and how they live out life of faith proverbs counsels us that there is great reward in listening for god listening for wisdom whether it's in your private prayer or in a prayer group or a bible study or a sunday school group or here in worship all kinds of ways to learn and grow to give heed to pay attention but the promise of the scripture is when we do God will respond. Wisdom will be shared. I've been telling you that some of us here on staff have been studying this book called Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. In the book, he looks at how our brains work most effectively. He shares some brain research in terms of what we've learned recently. He talks about neuroplasticity. I don't know if you've heard that term, neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to change and learn. Recent research contradicts what we've thought before was that the brain was static and didn't grow. 
Shamin writes, the great news about neuroplasticity is that researchers have recently discovered that the brain continues to build new pathways and create new synapses and even entirely new neurons in response to stimulation even in people who are in their 90s going on 100. That is, throughout our lives, our brains can learn and grow. We can make new choices. We can set new directions. We can develop new habits, better and healthier habits. In short, it sort of turns that old saying about old dogs on its head. Old dogs can learn new tricks. We can learn new ways of being, even in our life of faith. What this implies for us as people of faith, whether you've been great at attending to God before or terrible in the past, it does not determine your future. You have a choice to make from here on out how you're going to attend to God. The counsel of Proverbs is to give up complacency and waywardness and to sharpen your focus on God, to listen for wisdom, listen for the Lord. Give heed to this ancient wisdom and you'll find help for your life in these modern times. May it be so. Amen. Thanks be to God.